0: Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vanden and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org, or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hello there. How are you? Wow, it's been a few weeks since I've had a chance to connect with you in this space, and I've missed you. I hope that you are doing well. We are just so close to Christmas here in the States, and I know that we have people who tune in from around the world. But here in America, it is almost Christmas, and at this point, we don't have any snow on the ground. And if I'm going to be completely honest, please don't throw stones at me, but I don't really mind that we don't have any snow. (laughs) I know some of you are like, we have to have snow for Christmas. It's just not going to be the same if we don't have snow. I am not in that category. I am just fine with green grass for Christmas. So I don't know, as I've gotten older, just not into the cold and the snow, but Here I am uh, living in Minnesota, and that's just the way it is. But anyway, like I said, it's great to be back here in this space, uh, connecting with you here on the podcast. We've had some kind of heavier family-related type things that has really required a lot of my time and my focus. So I've been literally gone a lot. I've been on the road a lot traveling for family-related things and then just being sensitive to Tim and his work schedule here over the holiday season. His job requires him to work a little bit uh, longer hours uh, because they're in what is referred to here in the States as peak season. The holidays really kind of ramp up their demands in what they produce at, at his uh, place of employment. And so because he is the one who does all of the editing, I just am sensitive to that. And he's been putting been in some really long hours, working some weekends. And so it's just been a lot. And, and you know what? His health and well-being is more important to me than having a podcast episode out. So if you see him, if you know him and you see him, be sure to thank him and give him a shout out for just being willing to take the time to do a quality editing. I know that he doesn't just slap something together. Uh, He takes the time to do quality editing because it matters to him. All right. This week, I want to talk about the Jezebel spirit. As you saw in this week's title of the episode, Stop Tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. This is part one. We're going to do part two next week because There's a lot here there. There is a lot to this this topic, as I'm going to kind of get into here a little bit. Some of you may be familiar with this spirit. Others of you may not. And still others may have heard of it, but you don't really understand how it operates. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to put out a couple of disclaimers. One, I am not someone who has the mindset of here a devil, there a devil, everywhere a devil. Nor do I believe that we should completely dismiss the truth that there is a demonic realm. I believe both of those positions are equally unwise because we are in a spiritual battle. Scripture clearly tells us that, and we are wise to live as people aware and alert Pay attention. I did not say alarmed. We are not called to be alarmed. We are called to be alert and aware to the weapons forged against us, to live dressed in the full armor of God and stand from the place of victory that has been given to us through the work of the cross. Number two, disclaimer. I am not secretly referring to any one person in this episode. To think that is allowing yourself to be baited into believing something that is not being said. I caution you that you don't hear something that is not being said. Uh, In other words, sometimes when we when we're a little bit more sensitive, or maybe we're, you know, just dealing with some insecurities, or maybe an unhealed wound, we often hear things that are not being said, because it's being filtered through those those places in our heart. So please, Please don't do that. I just caution you. I am not referring to any one person in this episode. So please do not email me or slide into uh, Facebook Messenger or Instagram direct messaging and accusing me of that because I am somebody that... I simply do not show up to every argument that I am invited to, and I more than more than likely will not respond to that because that is not what I'm doing here. All right. Enough of that. My study of the Jezebel spirit started actually a couple of months ago after spending some time in prayer, lamenting a few frustrations I was having. Without taking time to explain that time in prayer, I know without a doubt God has helped me to gain further understanding in this area, and as I will share, I believe it is a timely message for any of us who consider ourselves followers of Christ. So I want to explain for those of us that maybe are unfamiliar with Jezebel and is this actually a person? What are we really talking about here so that we can all move forward together at the same pace? Jezebel was an actual woman and has her first mention in the Old Testament of the Bible, the Old Testament of the Bible in First Kings, specifically chapter 19, she was the wife of King Ahab, who was an evil king in Israel at the time. He lived unrighteously and was not pleasing to God whatsoever. Jezebel makes her entrance after God moves powerfully through his servant Elijah. Elijah kills false prophets, calls down fire from heaven, which is a direct war on the false gods in the area. I encourage you to really take some time to read this account of of scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19, because it it really is worth your time and it will help you to just grow in your faith and, and really see how God moved. And you might even just be encouraged to, you know what, I need to take a stand in my faith in this area. Jezebel makes a threat to Elijah and that she was going to pursue him and in fact, she She was going to actually take it the next level and she was going to kill Elijah. She point blank said that she wasn't mincing words. Elijah then runs for his life and finds himself sitting under a broom tree where God meets him, and then things go on from there. She does not succeed in killing him. I will just put that out there. But I I think that, again, I just encourage you to take the time to read that passage of Scripture. I would be remiss if I didn't make the point that while Jezebel was a woman— in in scripture, the Jezebel spirit that is completely demonic is not gender specific. This spirit can operate in both men and women alike. That's important to remember. Now that we've got an understanding of who the person Jezebel was, let's transition to understanding how this demonic spirit operates. It has a uh, it has very clear characteristics such as it is controlling, it is manipulative, it is intimidating, it is arrogant, it is seducing, it operates in flattery, it can manifest in emotional fits, demanding its way, just to name a few. This spirit is also full of pride. It also manifests itself in immorality and idolatry these identifiers will become important in a few minutes so keep those in mind of note immorality reflects defilement from within and idolatry reflects defilement outwardly i just want to make i wanted to make that distinction and add that little piece of information and definition so that we understood what immorality is and what idolatry is. Jezebel is first seen in the Old Testament. We've established that. She is also spoken of in the New Testament in the book of Revelation, chapter two. Two separate places that she's mentioned, but there's one spirit operating. Two separate places in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, but make no mistake, it is the same spirit operating it's important to note that this spirit always attacks leaders we see that in the in the leader elijah and we see that in the book of revelation where she is mentioned in revelation chapter 2 why is that it's important that we establish that why why does this spirit always attack leaders because leaders have influence. They have a platform of some kind, and they're called to point people to a holy God, to live righteous lives, and to be a light in a dark world. In the beginning of the book of Revelation, Jesus is addressing seven churches, the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29, Jesus says this to the church of Thyatira and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds." There's a lot there in those in those first few verses, a lot there. But did you uh, before I continue reading on, did you did you hear some of the some of the words that Jesus is using in the characteristics that I named earlier, seductive, um, immorality, idolatry, continuing on here in verse 23 of Revelation chapter two. He says, I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you, no other burden, but hold fast what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. And I also have reviewed, received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Man, there's so much there. I could do just a whole series on that passage of Scripture, verses 18 through 29, so much there. But I believe after spending much time in prayer, There has been an unleashing of the demonic realm against the church. There's been a fear of speaking out against the immorality in the world and standing up for righteousness and the truth of the Bible. Faith leaders have felt intimidated. I want to I wanna just give a side note here. Even though there's just been a, just an assault, an all-out assault and war raged just uh, against the church, and I, I'm talking about the global church, like Capital C Church, just this onslaught of demonic attacks against the church. Let us not forget that Jesus gave his life for the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. So she might be a little beaten up. She might be needing to come up a little bit higher in some areas. There might be some opportunity for repentance and for coming up higher in uh, in some areas. But listen, Jesus loves the church. He gave his life for the church. He says, the Bible tells us that he is the head of the church. And so I don't believe that the church is going anywhere. I think instead he is purifying the bride, the bride of Christ, which is the church. He is refining her because he is returning for a pure, spotless and blameless bride of Christ. So I just want to mention that before we start attacking and throwing stones and and all of that. Let us not forget that the church is not a building building we are the church okay the church isn't just a bunch of 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 walls that make up a building We, actually, you and I, we are the church. So let's keep that in mind. Many have received words or messages used to manipulate them into only teaching and preaching on non-hot-button topics or people will leave their church and take their money with them. Many have allowed themselves to be controlled by mainstream media, the government, and people within their church body. The goal is simple. The Jezebel spirit is in operation behind all of it to keep pastors and faith leaders from obeying God and God alone. This spirit, make no mistake, wants to be in full and complete authority. It is not interested in sharing authority. It wants to be in complete and full authority. Circling back to what Jesus said to the church that allows or tolerates it, it was a rebuke. Did we catch that in Revelation chapter 2? He didn't dance around it and he definitely did not mince words. It was a rebuke against the church of Thyatira. And I believe that it is a rebuke against the modern church today. We cannot be people who obey God somewhat or in some things or sometimes. We have to ask ourselves whether we are fearing man more than God. When it comes to being a light in this world and standing for truth and standing for righteousness, we need to have an honest conversation with ourselves. And I'm speaking to myself, too, here. I'm not throwing stones. I'm not casting judgment. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I mean, revival starts here, right? Um, Change uh, needs to start at home first. It needs to start with the individual. And so I'm, you know, I've been, uh, as I'm being honest here with you, and as I was sharing, I was spending some time in prayer a couple of months ago and just kind of working this out with God. And so inviting his Holy Spirit to, you know, do a heart check on me and, and, and show me, am I, am I fearing man more than you, God? Am I, is there an area in me that I need to repent of and, and change directions, change course, and and really go all in with you? Am I allowing the fear of man to influence me? Show me that so that I can repent of that and turn from that. Oh man, we, we need that. We really need that, especially in today's world when this Jezebel spirit is very loud, it's intimidating, and it is trying to control and manipulate us. We have to maintain the stand that sin is sin, that whatever God calls sin is still sin, even in our modern day age. The Bible was written many, many, many years ago, but it he hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his mind. Nothing has changed in his opinion, in his thoughts, in his stand, Against sin. Sin is sin. God is not going to rewrite the Bible to accommodate the new ways of this world. We are living in what the Bible says that would that would unfold in the days to come where where people would call good evil and evil good. I believe that's in the, the maybe the book of Isaiah. Um, the days where where good is is now called evil and evil is called good. I think that there's something something to, you know, when we when we think about this modern day version of, of Of Jesus or this modern-day view of of Christianity or this modern-day version of what is truth versus biblical truth. When we think about biblical truth, this is what it sounds like, that, you know, that, that Jesus is the truth. If we're going to know truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the life and the truth i am the truth i he said that in the in the gospel of john as one of the seven i am statements that he made about himself so truth isn't isn't out there somewhere truth isn't defined by any one particular person on this side of heaven truth isn't found in a famous quote or a well written book or any influential type leader any uh, social media influencer anything like that jesus is the truth. And so if we're going to know the truth, we need to get to know Jesus. So biblical Jesus versus this modern day Jesus that's out there. Biblical Jesus is born as God Almighty in the flesh. Modern day Jesus says he was just a good teacher. He was just a good man. Biblical Jesus loves us enough to speak the truth. Modern day Jesus waters down words to avoid being offensive. Biblical Jesus points us toward eternal treasure. Modern day Jesus promises us earthly treasure. Biblical Jesus warns us of sin and judgment and hell. Modern day Jesus believes and preaches that everyone's going to go to heaven. This universalism, everyone is, is going to be saved and everybody's going to go to heaven. And you just have to be a good person and and, and just live right. Man, that is dangerous doctrine there. Biblical Jesus Commands repentance of sin. Modern day Jesus minimizes the need for repentance of sin. Biblical Jesus is, he was hated and despised by the world. This modern day Jesus that is infiltrated into the church is loved and accepted by the world. He's just our buddy and he's our, you know, he just kind of sits with us. And that modern day teaching, that modern day version of truth and and Jesus is really kind of cheapened grace. If I'm if I'm going to be completely just straightforward here, biblical Jesus says to expect persecution in his name modern day jesus preaches our best life is now. <laughs> I mean if this is our best life right here on this side of heaven, why would we be looking forward to eternity if if eternity is going to be more of what we have on uh in this world? I mean, wow, that's really kind of sad and 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 depressing and very disappointing because I'm looking forward to eternity. I'm looking forward to living in the presence of my Savior and my King all of the days of my life. And um, we were created as eternal beings and, and living in eternity with, with Jesus. That is our blessed hope. And I am grateful that He is returning to rapture us and to gather us together and that we are going to be living with Him forever and forevermore. And eternity is a really long time. And so so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So my best life isn't right now. <laughs> my best life isn't right now. I'm looking forward to what is ahead in eternity with Christ. Biblical Jesus exalts God as the Father's will. And modern day Jesus tells us to serve serve your will above God's will. Biblical Jesus warns of false signs and wonders and magnifies God's word. Modern day Jesus, on the other hand, exalts signs, wonders, and mysticism above God's word. Very important because that is at an all time high right now. And that is so deceptive. I mean, all of this modern day Jesus, modern day truth, modern day version of biblical truth. It's its just got deception stamped all over it. One more thing here. Biblical Jesus demands that emotion, experience, and opinion conform to sound teaching, whereas modern-day Jesus, modern-day biblical truth exalts emotion, experience, and opinion above sound teaching. Wow, what a distinction. And I, I know that that maybe sounds a little hard, and it is very straightforward, but I'm committed to truth and I am deeply concerned about the teachings that are going on in the world right now and that have infiltrated our our pulpits in our churches and showing up in our Bible studies. And, you know, when I think about Jesus, when he said that there will be false teachings and false doctrines, do you do you notice when you read that in scripture that he uses those words in the plural form? doctrines, teachings, false teachings, false doctrines in the plural. Do you know truth is in the singular? There's only one truth. There aren't truths. There aren't many truths out there. There's one truth, a biblical truth, and that is what we need to align ourselves to. That is what we need to conform to and live our lives by so important that we make that distinction. So where do we go from here as faith leaders and pastors? Well, we have to go back to what Jesus said in Revelation chapter two, verse 20, and do the exact opposite of what he was giving a rebuke for. We need to stop tolerating it. (laughs) We need to expose it. We need to repent for allowing it to control, to manipulate and intimidate us into being silent on specific areas relating to biblical truth. We have to be ruthless in rebuking this spirit and no longer giving it space to operate. We can't skirt around it or simply try to do ministry thinking that we'll just be fine um, if I just avoid it. If I, uh, you know, I'm just going to avoid it. Listen, (laughs) it just it is not going to work that way we have to become confrontational against this against this Jezebel spirit and i think that when i when i've been studying the Jezebel spirit you know how how interesting then that the Jezebel spirit would want to attach itself and operate through non confrontational people who who are afraid of confronting things, who would say that if I if I'm if I'm gonna confront something, I'm gonna be considered as unkind and unloving and unchristlike and and I'm gonna be and I'm being and I'm being divisive. And so I'm just I'm just gonna choose to be silent and I'm gonna choose to be non-confrontational because I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to cause problems and I don't want people to leave my church or I don't want people to you stop coming to my bible study or my life group or anything like that wow <laughs> that that right there is the fear the the fear of man and the fear of this Jezebel spirit when when we understand that Jesus is greater and has more power and authority than this Jezebel spirit and because we are positioned in Christ he has given us the authority to be able to cast it out and no longer Um, no longer tolerate it, no longer give it space to be able to operate in our churches, in our pulpits and in our ministries. Here's the thing. What we tolerate is is what's going to continue. What we feed is what grows. That is really, I don't know. I I think that I think that that is just really allowing us some introspection here, doesn't it? It really is causing some having to look at ourselves in the mirror and humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord and ask Him to send His Holy Spirit to, to just do a a spiritual inventory, you know, like do a, a a spiritual checkup. You know, we 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 take our cars in to to do maintenance, you know, routine maintenance and and that type of thing. I think that we're we're living in a time where maybe we need to position ourselves in humility and allow uh, the Holy Spirit to do just a spiritual inventory, some spiritual maintenance, and see if we are operating in this. Have we been allowing the Jezebel spirit to have its way in our ministries. And are we, are we afraid of man more than we are fearing God? Uh, So it's just so important that we, that we are aware of this and, and that we just, we stop tolerating that we, that we repent of it, that we cast it out, we rebuke it and we shut the door to it, that it no longer has permission to operate in our churches, in our pulpits, in our our life groups, in our Bible studies, in our ministries. And I'd circle back again. I want to reemphasize this. Jesus is greater than the Jezebel spirit. This spirit might be intimidating. It might be loud, but it has no power or authority against Jesus. And if you are in Christ, he has given you the authority to cast it out. Think about what might be held back because it has been tolerated in your area of ministry. I mean, think about it. What, what is on the line here? What is on the line in our churches and in our ministries? How much more could God do if pastors and faith leaders, again, I'm speaking to myself here too. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not casting stones. I'm being open and honest and and just allowing you pulling I'm pulling the shades back and I'm allowing you um, into just some some of my own personal prayer time and, in, and inviting God and his Holy Spirit to do that spiritual checkup that spiritual maintenance. In my life and in my ministry, how much more could God do if pastors and faith leaders were no longer intimidated and controlled by this Jezebel spirit? How would our communities, workplaces, and schools be impacted if we exposed this spirit, repented for tolerating it, and cast it out once and for all? And that we were just simply done playing games and just dancing around it and trying to avoid it. And I, I'm just, just gonna I'm just gonna be safe and I, I'm just gonna be silent and because I don't want it to manifest and I, I don't want to cause problems. And so I'm just gonna just gonna be just my nice little self <laughs> i think that also we see this this spirit of Jezebel at work in our ministries in our churches that have have aligned themselves to sensationism and what does that mean it's a really big word but it simply means that the gifts of the holy spirit are no longer relevant in our modern day ministries in our modern day faith, in our modern day churches, that they ended with the early church. And the Bible does not support that. That there's nowhere in scripture that says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended with the early church. They I just that that is not in scripture. And I think that I think that oftentimes that of course, you know I just I feel like that's a not rightly dividing the word of God and and not understanding uh, understanding scripture. But I also think that some churches, some faith leaders, some ministries, they maybe they they believe in it. They believe that it is it is still. Um, applicable to us today in our modern day churches and in our modern day faith, but they're afraid of it because of what people might think. And they're afraid of losing people. They're afraid of being thought of as weird or, you know, holy rollers and, um, and you know, just too charismatic and, and too weird and too whatever. And and can i just can i just say that i really believe that that is the jezebel spirit there because it's of it's creating this fear of of preaching the full gospel the full gospel the entirety of the gospel which includes the person of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are meant for the church today, that are meant for ministries and and, and Bible studies and life groups. And man, I just I think. I think there just needs to be a repentance, even in that way too. That that we've dismissed the the person of the Holy Spirit. We've been silent on that. That we have avoided just a teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think that when we when we avoid teaching on these types of things, that is what helps create a misunderstanding in people who are a little bit maybe like standoffish and afraid of the baptism of the holy spirit because they don't have understanding because we're not teaching it anymore from the pulpit and giving in people an opportunity to better understand and to grow in their faith and to accept and receive the baptism of the holy spirit. So man, uh, I don't know. I'll <laughs> I'll get off of that here, but I I just think that we're we're living in a time where we need to be we need to be people faith leaders, pastors who are preaching the full gospel, which also includes the ministry of the person of the holy spirit. I think it's important to remember that this Jezebel spirit doesn't only operate in churches or ministries. It can also operate in individual people. So I said earlier that this is part 1. Next week I'm going to do part 2 and before we start pointing our fingers at pastors and you know that pastor over there, that church I, I we're not going to do that here. Let's also do the Heartwork of introspection and allowing the Spirit of God to show us if we are allowing this Spirit to influence us as individuals as as followers of Jesus Christ am i allowing this to to operate in my life am i am i allowing it to hold me back what is on the line for me personally and the things that god wants to do in and through my one life here on this earth who is not being reached because I'm being held back by the Jezebel spirit. What could God do in and through me if I was no longer fearing man, but I was fearing God more, and I was not being intimidated and controlled and seduced into believing that I'm going to lose followers on social media, or people aren't going to buy my books or listen to my podcast if I if I take a stand for biblical truth. So, Next week, again, I'm going to offer part two on this topic so that we can identify it in ourselves if I'm allowing it to operate in myself. And I'm also going to do a little teaching on on identifying it in unhealthy relationships because, like I said earlier, it wants to attach itself to leaders, so uh, we're not just talking about, you know, the lead pastors of our churches. It can be in a in a faith leader like uh, maybe you're you're leading a Bible study or you're teaching an online course somewhere. God is just expanding your ministry in some way. Well, it wants to attach itself to you because it wants increased influence. It wants to have the mic. It wants to have your platform. It wants to have your success. and And so we're going to talk about that next week and and how to How to navigate through that and how to how to love people really well, but be ruthless with that spirit and um, and not tolerate the spirit, because it's important that we differentiate and that we separate the spirit from from a person because you know what? Um, we need to love people. God loved people, but he, he didn't tolerate the sin and he, and he rebuked the sin. He rebuked the spirit. Um, and so let's, let's, Kind of do a little bit of a teaching on that as well. All right. So this was a lot. It was kind of a kind of information download, but I uh, trust that it was beneficial for you and it helped to uh, offer some better understanding in this Jezebel spirit and maybe even being able to help you identify how it operates, its characteristics. And so anyway, have a great rest of your week and I will catch you right back here next week for part two on Stop Tolerating the Jezebel Spirit. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars? and a review or even a comment it not only means so much to me but in the online space and the podcasting world the more stars reviews and comments that a podcast receives the further the reach it ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.